The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. On December 27th, 1892, Livingstone and Biddle College, now known as Johnson C. Smith University, played in Salisbury, North Carolina, with Biddle winning 5-0. to zero. Over time, HBCU football has evolved. HBCU football's popularity continues to rise. Millions attend games each year and millions more watch on television. The HBCU bands provide some of the top entertainment in the country. Over that time, some of the best players to ever play in the National Football League played at HBCUs. Every Monday through Friday on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, national radio and television host Donald Ware takes a look at what's happening in HBCU football and talks with coaches, players, administrators, and media about the season. Make sure you join the conversation on social media now. Here's your host, Donald Ware. You got it locked to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Thursday, September 14th. I'm Donald Ware. The HBCU Football Daily Podcast continues. We got a special guest. As a matter of fact, joining us, he's in his second season as the head football coach of the Virginia State Trojans. 2-0 on the season and going to be on the road on Saturday in Raleigh at St. Augustine's. Dr. Henry Frazier joining us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Coach or Doc, what's happening? <laughs> hey, nothing, man. It's been a while since we sit there and talk some football, but everything is well, man. We just just trying to get ready for this uh, business trip. No doubt, man. It has it has been a while. Um, how important? Speak. I, I think that's interesting because also um, uh, Coach Parker, Doctor Parker. Uh, it, it is interesting that you got two doctors that are head coaches with uh, that are rivals, uh, right? But speak to how important it was for you to obtain your doctorate? Um, I started it. My first PhD class was back in 09 when I was at Prairie View. I got my PhD from Prairie View. And, you know, kind of, that was the year we won the championship. Matter of fact, I took, I was taking three PhD classes that fall during the championship run. So I, I decided to do it. It wasn't for me. It was more so for my children you know, a legacy that I can leave behind because I didn't need it for the profession that I was in as a, as a football, college football coach. I didn't need to have a PhD, but I wanted to do something different for my children, my biological children, as well as the young men that I lead. So uh, that that was my pursuit. And I'm just one of those people that are always trying to do something. When I, when I get, when I get mundane and I'm just kind of doing the same thing for a few years, I was like, all right, let me shake it up. And then we try to do something different or do something else. But how does that work? Like you're to your point, you're a football and, a, and a, at the time a head football coach. Like how how are you able to do all that? Yeah, it was crazy, and I look back at it because it was like wow. I was, I mean, I literally in 2009, fall of the 2009, I took three class. I think I got two Bs and one A. I took three PhD level classes, and I had to go to the classes. It wasn't one of those. This is coach, but um, I'm. 
I'm, I am very focused. I'm at my best during the season. Like, it is unbelievable discipline during the season. I, I get in trouble off the season. You know, when, it's, when that recruiting start, I might, you know, I might lose, gain a few pounds and the holidays. and Like, I lose weight during the season. I, I'm so, it's, everything is so routine and structured for me that I'm, I'm able to, to, you know, and being a head coach, I, I'm kind of in control of my schedule, so to speak. So I, I can do a lot more. And it seems like I shouldn't be able to, but I'm just so locked in and so focused in season. Out of season, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to study. I'm going to go chase the white ball at the golf course or, or I might, you know, do something. I mean, let's, let's go catch a movie or something when I should be reading some chapters. So <laughs> yeah, it, it was, uh, I was a little younger then. So, you know, but now, you know, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it. Yeah. And you've got, you've got it, obviously a good, you've had and have a good staff that helps you out with that as well. I have an excellent staff, man. Yeah. I mean, um, right now, I got a lot of good young coaches that, that, that was vying to get into college coaching. And I'm, 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 I'm excited. And I talk to them all the time about, you know, how can I help you become a better coach? How could the same thing I tell the players, how can I help you become the best version of yourself? I do the same with the coaches. You know, a lot of, I got about, you know, three or four, maybe five, five or six coaches this first time managing their own room, you know? And it's it's pretty cool, you know, to be able to to have an influence over those guys, and they totally committed to being a really good college football coach. And so it, it makes it a lot easier, you know. Sometimes you get the seasoned vets; they kind of this is how I want to do it, this is how I've been doing it, you know. Then you get the young guys who, who wide open eyes and they're, they're like sponges. You can kind of help them with their philosophy in the same sense, reinforcing yours. Yeah. How, how much fun are you having? Like you've won on, you've won where you've been. You've won on all levels. I, I believe if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, you've done the NFL co- coaching fellows and all, I mean, all those kind of good yeah. things. How much, I mean, and, and you're, you're two and oh, I mean, everybody could see that you were coming last year with the six and four record coming in as a first year coach. How much fun are you having? Man, it's actually, it's the most fun I've had, you know, because, I'm in the fourth quarter, Don. I'm in the fourth quarter of my coaching career, you know, and and I am at the point where, like I tell the players, I ain't gonna change, you know. I'm, you know, this is what I do. This is how I do it. But you have a captive audience. The young, I mean, my team, they're my boys. They're they're my guys, and they they hang on every word. So I have to be very careful. But it's just routine for me. It's like riding a bike. And and I am having an awesome time because I got young coaches that sponges. I got players that's looking up to me and and, and want to follow my lead. And I get an opportunity to to kind of right or wrong. You know what I mean? When my last time as a head coach, it didn't end the way I would. No one would want it to end. And and I kind of you know did some other things and, and kept myself busy and and semi relevant. And and now I get a chance to. To be, I, I was born to be a head coach, man. It, this is this is what I love to do. This, uh, you know, I've done some AD stuff and you know some stuff with Loxley at Maryland. Well, being a head coach is is what I was born to do, and, and I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, that's right. You did do some stuff with Loxley in Maryland. I, I I cannot believe I'm saying this. Maryland football is relevant. We're from the area. Maryland football is actually relevant, right? 
Yeah, it is. It is. Coach Locks is doing an awesome job. You know, we we've known each other years, twenty, thirty years. They're over thirty years, maybe. Yeah, over thirty years. You know, close to forty, maybe. But we um, and we talked about it a lot. We talked about his dream and his vision for University of Maryland, and and even when he got the job, he was like, "All right, I'm gonna bring you on." You know, what capacity? I'm not sure of right now. And we kind of sat down and came up with, with 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 the position together, you know. So I was director of leadership and character development because he knew, you know, the things that I went through in the past. It wasn't indicative of who I am as a person, and and sometimes you just things happen, you know. But he wanted, you know, he knew I could firsthand be able to relate to the young men and be able to tell my story and and create content to help them be, you know, the best version of themselves. And that's what I did when I was there and. But I just always be at the practice like, hmm, hey, why ain't, you know, I do this, do this, you know, just kind of like looking and itching. But I was smart enough to stay out of the coach's way. But I would uh, I would always just kind of gravitate to, you know, on the sideline, doing the game. I'm, you know, I get to yelling at some players. I get, I just, it was just in me. <laughs> right. And then when the opportunity presented itself, I said, you know what, man, I'm going back and coach. <laughs> Let me ask you, because you're, you've never been afraid to really kind of talk about some of the things that um, you've gone through um, throughout your coaching career. Um, you know, with that said, any, any, any regrets? No, no, no regrets. I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer that everything happens the way they're supposed to happen. It's all about how you respond to it. You know, did I learn, I learned a lot of lessons, you know, in my life that I can definitely help other young people with, you know, as they go and try to navigate this thing that's called life. But no regrets on my part. Um, you know, I, I'm one of those guys. I do it my way. You know, you know, I, I pray before I do some things. And then oftentimes when I don't pray before I do things, I get kind of blow up in your face. <laughs> so I kind of learned that lesson when I make major decisions or, or something, you know, get ready to happen. Don't try to be a knee-jerk reactor to things. Just kind of pause, pray. Then play. You know, that's my three P's that I learned from all the stuff that I went. I pause, pray, and then I play. You know, so so that that is no regrets though, because you know, I you know, things I went through and the things that were done to me, the things that were, you know, whatever whatever it was, it was part of God's plan for my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm still standing, you know, still standing tall. You know, I look at my children, they they're all grown and you know graduated from college and and I remarried. I have a beautiful wife, man, and, and her sons are like they're my boys now, you know, and and I'm I'm extreme I am the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. You know, and so I I don't think I'm here without what I went through. So, you know, I just thank God that I made it through. Cause some people don't make it through, Don. Some people crumble you know, and and I and I wasn't one of those that crumbled. You know, I just always kept pressing forward because I always knew what I went through was not my end. I know I've helped and tried to help so many people along my journey that I know God ain't bring me this far just to say, "Oh, this is how your story ends, Henry." Nah, I, I never, never thought that for one minute, one second. So I just had to continue to keep going because because I knew eventually things would turn around in my favor. You know, I ain't get weary, ain't get faint, you know, in good doing. So that that that's my story, man. I, and I have some books that's gonna come out to, to kind of chronicle 
a lot of the things that I went through and but no regrets, bro. None at all, man, because I know I wouldn't be the man I am today. And when I stand in front of them young men and talk about adversity and talk about, I lived it, you know, and they going, hey, hey, yeah, coach, we Googled you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right, right. No, very well said. And I think, so also you mentioned Maryland previous to Virginia State, but Bowie State, can you speak to that experience yeah, on Damon Wilson's staff and what he's doing now and – I mean, that, oh my you God, know, man! You know that's he's like my blood brother. You know, I, I hired Damon. I interviewed him for three minutes and thirty seconds on the track at Bowie State in nineteen ninety nine. He had finished playing about three minutes. All right, you hire you the running backs coach, you special teams coordinator, and and he's one of my dearest friends in the world. I've sponsored him into Omega Sapphire, and I think I sponsored him and Michael Loxley. And Tyron, my, my former brother-in-law, them the only three people I sponsored in my whole life. And I mean, it's been the frat 37 years. But that's how close Damon is to me. And and one of the things I'm when I say so proud, because I he hired me, you know, and that's the crazy thing. He hired me back in college athletics. And I was on his staff. And I tease him all the time. I say, man, you've been knocking at the door, but you ain't win a championship until you have me back <laughs> over there, man. And That's true, though. It. It, them boys were rolling over there. Them yeah. boys were some good coaches, man. But, but I always tease him about that. I say, you know you ain't winning a championship until you have me back. <laughs> but And it was, a, it was just a beautiful thing. And he was honored and happy to be able to have done that. He was like, Fraze, you, you had me on two different staffs. And, you know, he was with me at Prairie View for a year. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird thing because his dad just passed away and I drove up for the funeral on Monday and his mom looked at me because I always tease his mom, I always call her Patty LaBelle. She looked just like Patty LaBelle. <laughs> and I said, hey, Patty, how you doing? She said, she just looked up at me. She said, she's telling me, take care of my baby. Talking about Damon, you know, because his dad just passed. I'm like, your baby done took care of me. <laughs> you know, we take care of each other. You know, we're, we're brothers. And then, and like my family dynamics growing up my mom my dad died on the last day of school second grade mm. and my mom had all of three of us before she was 18 mm. and i shared that story to say i never went to a family reunion i never had family reunion. i know i know my family but we wasn't that kind of family but damon's family is so i would always go to their events go to their functions and i would just be i would be in awe of the closeness of his family and so when you bring up Damon and what he's doing, you're talking about, I'm here, I'm one of the biggest chilies. And all them guys on the staff, Reddix, you know, Sue played four years before me, and he worked for me at Prairie View. He's a defensive coordinator. You know, that's those are like, you know, we all family, you know. And look at Kyle at Bowie. We're all, we're all from the tree that started back in 86, my freshman year at Bowie. And since 1986, that, that lineage has been at Bowie State almost 40 years, someone associated with that lineage. Wow. Very well said. That's the voice of of coach uh, Dr. Henry Frazier of Virginia State. He joins us here on the program. That, that, that's great, man. It's always great to talk with you and, and really have conversation with you. Uh, but let's talk some Virginia State football because I'm saying. <laughs> I thought I can get away without talking about it. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> well, look, but it's a good, it's a great thing to talk about. You guys are two and oh on the season. I mean, yeah, great win over Tuscan. That's a sack opponent. It's a, that's just a phenomenal victory, but I got to go back to the Norfolk state victory, man. <laughs> what a crazy ending to that football game. Talk about that and the victory over the Spartans. I've aged. The last two games have come to the ex- the very last play of the game. Tuscan was another defensive stand. They they had the ball on the 10-yard line, four seconds left, chance to win the game. Same with Norfolk. Defensive stand. Man, it gets a little tricky because it looked like I didn't know what the devil I was doing at the end of that game. And we knew they had two timeouts. So we like, okay, we can run this thing all the way down and end it. But we called our timeout right when the play clock hit one. When we called the timeout and called the play, it was four seconds on the clock. Four seconds. I know a football play lasts five seconds. So I tell the court, then my starting quarterback, he goes out with cramps again. Mm. So the backup then I say, look, four seconds, run around, run around the end zone. Clock hit double zeros, take a safety. Game over. By the time he gets on there to take the snap, it's six seconds on the clock. New rules, I can't call back-to-back timeouts. So now I'm yelling. First of all, ref, when did y'all put these two seconds back on the clock? And now I'm yelling, take the safety, take the safety. And he runs around, runs around. The clock goes to double zero. He goes out of bounds. Then they put a second back on the clock. <laughs> so now they get a chance to tie the ball game up. But then they over, the ball snaps over the head. We scoop it up and go score a touchdown. And I was telling the players, I said, the football guys knew we we, we, we outplayed Norfolk on that day. You know, we ran. We, we almost had 500 yards of offense. You know, we, we ran for over 300 yards. We, we were the better team. And we were, football guys just wasn't going to let us lose, but the officials were sure trying to make us lose. <laughs> they called three fourth down penalties on us. Well, we stopped Norfolk on fourth down, and then they called a penalty on us to keep their drive alive. Not only when they scored their touchdown to go ahead, the play clock had went to zero for three seconds. You can see it on TV version. I'm yelling at the ref. Three seconds, three zero zero. It should have been delayed game. They go score a touchdown on the game on the play. So the refs was really aiding and abetting Norfolk. Yeah, yeah, but you you still got it. And then yeah, the Tuscal. That's right, the Tusculum game. Um, that's a really big win for for your program too. I I, I thought so. I thought so. We scheduled them. With um, with some national ramifications in, in, in mind when we made that, put them on the schedule. No doubt about it. Uh, personnel, man. I'm, I mean, I'm looking Upton Bailey. You're you're running the football extremely well. I mean, this kid's got 245 yards. He's averaging 7.7 yards per carry. Talk about his play. Yeah, yeah. He he he's he's one of the guys that that we're gonna rely heavy on him and, and, and Kimo Clark, our two running backs. You know, last year we had a one-two-three punch with those two guys and Darius Hagens. Right now we had a one-two punch. We're looking for that third guy to kind of kind of help and spell those guys, you know, because I like having those two or three running backs 
because we return all five starters on the offensive line from last year. So, you know, then we also got us a transfer quarterback in Romello Williams from Central Connecticut State kid out of Miami, Florida. And um, he's in graduate school. He, he's he's actually a really good good football player. So we, we like where we are from an offensive standpoint. Dr. Henry Frazier, the head football coach of Virginia State, joining us here on the program defensively. You, how, you, I mean, obviously defense is, you know, really stepped up. You know, Tusculum yeah. game, but how are, how are you liking your defense? I love them. I love them. I think, I think we're going to hang our head on our defense this year. I mean, the numbers look good, but they playing at a high level right now. They playing at a very high level, and, and I think they're going to just get better. We're waiting on the NCAA to give our other starting cornerback the clearance, which we think is going to happen. And, but, you know, we had a couple guys, Arthur White and Dante Clock, stepped in for, for Quadrian Miles, but we think Quadrian should be cleared any, any minute now. And uh, he he is he is extraordinary. Opposite Willie Drew, who's who's all American. So when we was able to add some some pieces to the puzzle back in that secondary, couple transfers, and then, then the guys all returned. We returned ten stars on offense, nine on defense. So we had a situation where kids understand the, the system. System ain't changed. Philosophies haven't changed. You know what we do and how we do it hasn't changed. So the familiarity is is, is at a high level. And we, we've increased our talent. When we brought in 36 freshmen and 15 transfers. So for us, we got, you know, the core of our team is back, but we added what we think is some talented additions. So right now, only two freshmen of the 36 is, is going to use this, right now is going to utilize this year. So we'll be able to red share 34 guys and, and, and be, you know, because then the NCAA rules, you get to play three games as freshmen and keep your red shirt yet. So we've already we're trying to identify some home matchups that we can get those guys some playing experience. But right now, there's only two guys that we said we're gonna take the red shirt off. We're trying to I'm trying to redshirt the whole class, but because our it started, our one of our guards, Breon Gaddy, hasn't got cleared by the NCAA. I had to bring in one of our big old freshman linemen, and, and, and he he's he's not playing a lot, but he's the backup. So, but I can't risk him. Cause he's our probably our seventh or eighth best lineman, so he he gonna have to play. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's interesting you mentioned redshirt because when when you were particularly when you were at Prairie View, um, it, now that now it comes back, right? Like that's what you did. You redshirted <laughs> classes, and that's why you were so good. I mean, and, and to win a to win a champion. By the way, to win a championship at PB at the time you won a championship was, I mean, that was unheard of. Um, but, but, but how, speak to that. You've, you've kept that philosophy even on now, even on, on a, on a different level. Yeah. He had great memory. I mean, I did it in North Carolina Central. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we brought in like 35, 40 freshmen, red shirted them all. And I, and I, unfortunately I got fired and I knew whoever had that team. I said, and then my man, that's why my man, Mac, I said, you owe me a drink because he showed <laughs> Won three straight championships, and and those boys still stay in touch with me to this day. They send me snap videos, and 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 they they always calling me and talking to me, cause they they still say those those were my boys, man. But but you know, Coach Mack and his staff did a great job, of course. But um, that was the philosophy there, you know. And, and we we stockpiled that talent over there, and we were ready to roll. And unfortunately, personal stuff with me. You know, got that staff out of there, man. You know, one of my, one of my, that's one of the regrets. When you talk about, you know, 
coaches that followed me all over the country from Maryland to Texas to North Carolina. And then for me to have something personal, get that, get everybody fired. That's the one regret. So it was my life mission. And I like to think I had a hand in helping every one of them get another job. I was on a mission calling everybody I knew, whether it was in athletics, out of athletics, and I and everybody did get a job. And I know I had a hand in, in, in probably 80% of them at least making a call or making a connection, you know, with them getting a job because I, I felt responsible for that, you know, like talking to their wives. I remember apologizing to their wives and, y'all, you know, y'all, your husbands trusted me and, and, you know, because of some – personal stuff with me and then they out of a job and they were like, it ain't your fault for it. Y'all. But it, you know, it is, you know, so, and I'm proud of all those guys that bounce back and, and, and doing like Dwayne Foster, you know, he, he's down in, in uh, North Carolina and Orange County is the AD and, and Michael Brown, who's my office coordinator, he's the AD for the city of DC. And I remember when all of them got into that, the one Stephanie who was one at DC athletic, her and I went to college together. So she helped and hired those guys. I remember my sister hired Roy, you know. So I was like, "Nah, man, everybody get get a job." Because I'm sorry that that I um, decisions I made kind of you know messed things up for your family. Yeah, couple more thoughts. Uh, now, as always, appreciate the candor. Um, your days in, in coaching as a head coach at Bowie State to what you've seen now that Northern Division in the CIAA is crazy and it's been crazy for like 10 years uh, everybody's battling your thoughts on maybe how it was then and you know maybe how it's changed to now just 20 years ago but how it is now it ain't changed much i remember us beating virginia state <laughs> to, to make it to the championship game and, and and knowing that you know union big bad union what we used to call them they still big bad union and you know and it was it, and elizabeth city was pretty good back then and they they on the comeback man with their coach who's an alum, yep. and and I, I, I and I was trying to tell anybody that would listen, Bluefield we played them last year. They was well coached, mm-hmm. and I remember last year it was fourteen seven and a half. They were well coached. They played hard, and I was like, damn. When they got into the cones, I said, damn, you gonna put them in the north? <laughs> and I was like, Lord. And then I'm telling you, looking at Lincoln, they got them a quarterback. Yes, they got them a quarterback, and they scoring some points. So it ain't this, it, 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 you know, it's tough. It's tough. And it's, it, you know, I'm looking at, man, is there a week off in the North? You know, it's tough. Yeah. No, you're right, Lincoln. I mean, I, when you saw the freshman quarterback, Freeman, you know, Isaiah Freeman. Yeah, you saw him last year. I'm like, oh, Lincoln's going to be a problem this year. And they won a game, and it's not going to be the same Lincoln. Maybe zero wins, one win. No, they're going to win They gonna win some football games this year, no doubt about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that North tough, man. That it, North tough. Yeah, it is. But right now, I'm dealing with the South. I got a sign on, Lewis told and Shaw. So I'm going to try to get me some South wins and then get, get myself ready to go up to homecoming. Yeah, there you go. So, last thought, St. Augs, what, what concerns you have about the Falcons? Oh, they're they struggling right now. You know, and you know, you got a struggling team, man. They get a chance to play a home game, so to speak. But we, they moved the game to Southeast Raleigh High School. But when you got a team, the, the new coach, he's trying to put his stamp on everything. So, so you don't know when it's going to click. And I just don't want it to click against us, you know. But they scored seven points all year. And, and and they're struggling to get it going, but I, but I I know Coach Fagan's gonna get it going. 
You know, so it's, it's incumbent upon us to take this game very seriously, going down on a business trip, and, and just do what we do, handle our business, play to the standard that we're creating for ourselves. I think if we do those things, yeah, we, we should we should come away with a win. But if, if we mess around and, and look at the records, you know, and, and, and look at the scores and, and think it's going to be sweet, then we're going to be down there for a dogfight. Dr. Henry Frazier, the head coach at Virginia State, joining us here on the program. The Trojans are 2-0 on the season again on the road Saturday in Raleigh against St. Augs. Coach Frazier, listen, man, I appreciate the time, appreciate our, the conversation we have many, many times. Your candor, you're, you're extremely candid. Um, continue success to you and the Trojans. And I sure appreciate it. Um, we're excited about this year. I think we got a chance to have a good season, something special. So we're just going to keep working, man. We're going to just keep working and uh, going to class, hitting the workouts on a Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, Tuesday and Thursdays and Sundays, those are our workout days hit the practice field. So we just keep doing the structure. The framework is in place. If they stay with the, with the system, we're going to have a chance to be pretty good. I think we'll be a tough out down the stretch. Absolutely. No doubt, man. Continue success. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. We hope you enjoy this episode of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You can watch on our YouTube page on YouTube at HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Don't forget to get your HBCU football fix on Box to Row with Donald Ware each weekend on a radio station near you and on Sirius XM on the HBCU channel, channel 142, and on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, channel 84. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and and Instagram for the latest in HBCU football. And don't forget to tell a friend.